over 100 countries in seven different languages to more than a half billion viewers each week. The World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. Welcome to the Wrestling Show. This is Lord Extra Cooler, and welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so, uh, what's in cooler? Oh, just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, the rhino's on ya. Extra credit. Port, 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 port side heater. Extra credit. Welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. And now, Stridex presents the Extra Cooler Show. My name is Nick, otherwise known as Extra Cooler, and this week I am joined by at Matt's in the Cooler, the Hop God, Miguel, Miguel from Los Periquas, Miguel Workrate, and Jimmy Polo. Welcome back, everybody. Um, as usual, you can find us on social media at Instagram, uh, at Extra Cooler, and over on Twitter, at Extra Cooler Show. All right, we are back. We're going to get right to it. We don't like to uh, mess around. So we are back with the Extra Cooler Show Summer Spectacular, where we'll be covering SummerSlam 1997, Heart and Soul. And we are here right now for part one. All right, so... This event takes place in East Rutherford, New Jersey, right around the corner from where we grew up. Well, not right around the corner, but, you know, good hour. Close enough. Minutes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's at the Continental Airlines Arena, and it takes place on August 3rd, 1997. This is the 10th SummerSlam, and I didn't mention this in our two previous Bash at the Beach episodes, but this is the 25th anniversary of these shows, which is is pretty crazy to think of, because I can remember watching this SummerSlam with uh, Jim and Mike uh, when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. So, um, some interesting tidbits. Uh, actually, really, the only main one is during this pay per view, we we say goodbye to Todd Pettengill. This is his last appearance on WWF TV, and we say hello to Michael Cole for the first time ever on WWF television. Um, so changing of the guards, if you will. Yeah, for real. Um, so let's dive right into things. All right. And this, this pay-per-view is glorious. Um, at the end of part two next week, we will go over and kind of compare and contrast, uh, how we feel about WCW versus WWF at the time. But, uh, Today, this episode, we're talking about SummerSlam 1997. We've got four matches and a bunch of ridiculousness in between. (laughs) So things kick off with our Star Spangled Banner. um, And it's a very, very New Jersey crowd. And uh, probably the highlight is uh, Vince with his hand inside his jacket uh, with his hand on his belly button instead of his heart. (laughs) Um, he he looks like a like general in the army you know what i mean like you always see the picture of the guy on the horse the general on a horse that has his hand inside of his coat jacket Mm -hmm. and of course vince is the very first superstar if you will that you see on uh on on your television screen but they pan the crowd they do all that fun new jersey stuff and uh 
come on back to good old Vince, Mr. Patriotic himself. Yeah. I read uh, that this was this kind of intense beginning. I mean, it's 1997. This is not after 9-11 or something, right? But it was because in answer to the Canadian stampede the, oh, the month mm, before. So month that's before. why they're over the top with the uh, patriotism. Interesting. I Interesting. wouldn't go over the top with this uh, Star Spangled Banner on cassette tape or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, good point. But Vince is looking very stern and serious like yeah, every and, uh, time they cut to him. And Jonathan Lipnicki in the audience yeah. is pretty stern. And then that <laughs> is, dude with the bandana is locked in. Is that Jonathan no, no, I thought the same thing. Though, who the hell is, the, who the hell like is Jonathan Lipnicki? What? Get out of here! Get I'm lost too, Mike. I'm with serious. you. Go Google him. Is that the right? kid from Jerry Maguire? Yes, yes. Exactly. We mean, who is he? Now you know exactly who he is. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's posters just, on his, on your wall. He's got an enormous head. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so we get the opening promo. Um, the video package is like is just what what WWF is so good at. It's black and white. Um, and I just love like the the videos. If life were fair, yeah. And it's talking about how basically how Brett is becoming a heel. Taker's about to meet his brother Kane, and Sean just came back and and uh, wants the title back. Um, and the package ends with life isn't fair, but who said it would be? Yeah, it's so the, good. The, the classic movie trailer voice too. Life yes. isn't fair. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna so say it wouldn't be the best. The Shawn Michaels stuff is great. It's like, oh uh, yeah, give me a break. It makes yeah. me want to go boo hoo, Shawn. <laughs> it's no, <laughs> it's like Vince holding on to that baby face Shawn oh, for yeah. the longest time. Um, no dark and matches, it, right? No dark. Was, I didn't find any dark no, matches. No, same. Interesting. It's uh, brought to you by Stridex. Those of you that are not familiar or don't remember Stridex, it's uh, a pimple product. Which we are is, very familiar with it. Yeah, it's perfect placement for the 1997 acid on your crowd. face. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it did more damage hands. to my face than yeah. Uh, help. Yeah, I was like, oh, I get this pimple," and like agitated the pimple. It got made it more red. <laughs> yeah. We have. Absolutely spoken about Stridex or Oxy, yeah. not OxyClean. What's the other one? Yeah, Oxy. No, no, not no. OxyClean. OxyClean's for your, like your shirts. Oxy, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, uh, that's, that's different. <laughs> Scourge of the country. Um, there were like no, was, Oxy pads too. Yeah, Oxy, 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 Oxy pads. Oxy Yeah, Oxy pads. Oh, man. But th those were like prime, our generation targeted perfectly. You're 100% right. Oh, yeah. And we've absolutely spoken about these things yeah. before. Oh, totally. Bad We've covered are. 97 several times now. Yes. <laughs> this, uh, w listen, we're going to talk about it in depth uh, next episode, but um, the the feud that goes between Brett and Sean and uh, Brett and The Undertaker, who is the champion at the time, is just tremendous. And it, it shines throughout that video package it's and later in the kiss. night. It really is. Um, all right, so first match on the card, we've got a steel cage match. It's a grudge match. It's uh, Mankind facing off against Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China. And you've got uh, Triple H, you know, that blue blood gimmick is still kind of, he's holding on to it. He's got the green bedazzled rub robe, sorry. Um, he's the 1997 King of the Ring that he just won in June. Um, and man, it, it's fantastic. I absolutely love this gimmick. We've caught, we've talked about in depth, uh, Triple H and Mankind or Mick Foley before. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, this is like their first real feud. Yeah. 
And it's in big blue, the big blue steel cage, which does not look very tall at all. I, I don't know if anybody I else wrote down the same. It looks so the same small. exact thing. Right? It looks like about a, a foot and a half taller than both guys. It's like when a toy. Wearing. I love compare it, though. It to, yeah. Go ahead. Compare it to the AEW cage now, which is monstrous. Like, right. especially we're just coming out of their blood and guts pay-per-view, or not pay-per-view, their blood and guts match, where they have the two cages that are like look like they're a hundred feet tall. And now this big blue looks just like you stand on the top rope and it's at your ass. It's uh it was certainly and as a kid, it looked monstrous. Like it looked yes. huge. And now you're like, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Watching so, them take bumps off it is wild. Oh. Like, that's what I that's why they got rid of it. I mean, it's it's funny that it's it's basically yes. like not unlike Todd Pettingill is about to meet its maker, right? Not long after because the <laughs> yeah. hell in the cell is right after this, and that's right. basically replaces it. Mm-hmm. They um so again, he's facing off against mankind, but mankind uh is also dealing with uh He's also doing double time, and he's got the dude love gimmick going on. He is uh, co-tag team champions with Stone Cold at the time. And uh, right now, he's in that Mankind gimmick. And I'm talking about Mankind gimmick with the all brown, not Mankind with, like, the white button down, you know. Um, We cut lots of cuts to Vladimir and the dude, dude love knockoff, who barely looks like dude love. Um, Vladimir (laughs) wearing a weak attempt. Vladimir's wearing a uh, a dark white wife beater as opposed to the white one. I maybe know. representing the attitude era. Exactly. I don't know. Dark he time. saw the shift coming. Yeah. Um I man, we've said it before, but Mankind with the, the intro and the outro music is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Top notch stuff. So all right, so Hunter's the heel, uh, and I love how this match kicks off because the bell rings and he goes and dives at the door. And can't make it out. Mankind has to tackle him. Uh, and then from there, the ref closes the cage door and China's left outside. And uh, this is a very, like, brute-looking China. This is before any of her work was done. Um, this is just... Body augmentation, if yes, you feel. This is the, <laughs> the best version of China. Um, she's scary. She, yeah. China in the intros, she's like checking the cage like rattling the cage like yeah. every single second that she can get and i don't like fully understand it when i was watching it the first time of like why is she like really going after this thing trying to like put her hand underneath find yeah. out where to get in like, was she just inspecting everything and then you have mankind coming down during his intro and he pretty much puts his face right up against it and like okay. gives it gentle little kisses like <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> Because it shows how he's not afraid of it, and and her and, and Hunter are a little uh, trepidatious to enter that cage. Love it. Um, so there's there's a ton of spots. This match goes sixteen and a half minutes almost, and there's there's a ton of great things that happen. the The one thing that I found most frustrating during this match is that Vince felt the need to remind us of Dude Love any chance he mm-hmm. had. Yeah. Um. But. As mankind goes to climb the cage, China prevents him from going over. And that, did you guys catch it when she basically like punches him in the balls? Like oh, I thought he got him right in the ass. Yeah, it, it was yeah. like right in the ass cheek. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess if it's lower, right in the, it might be in the, uh, the sack area. <laughs> and we just spoke about this with SummerSlam uh, 1998, where she basically does the same thing to the Rock as he's climbing the ladder. It, it was it was definitely a weird spot. She Even, knew what uh, she was doing. 
<laughs> even Bruce on uh, something to wrestle with comments about how the back just exploded with laughter whenever she uh, <laughs> when she climbed up and popped him right in the ass. <laughs> I you know it's funny. I think Miguel Trabajo, right, or whatever his name is over there. Um, <laughs> it, like the ref starts talking trash to China, like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Like, but it's a no DQ match, right? So she could do whatever yeah. she wants. It doesn't theory, matter, right? Absolutely. It's like I always annoying. Say that. Yeah, it's like annoying little thing. And my favorite is it's like the cage is supposed to keep her out. Like, come on, that thing yeah, is... she goes right up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, there, there's a ton of spots in this. At one point, Triple H climbs up uh, and mankind and gives mankind a superplex off the top of the cage. Yeah, that's good. It, it, it's perfect. This is like they're both playing their roles perfectly. You've got great heel work. You, you know, he's scared to be in the cage. You've got uh, mankind who just looks possessed throughout it. Um, I love at one point. Uh, Hunter goes to walk out the door, decides he wants to destroy mankind a little bit more. That's yeah. It was a weird spot. Like it's good though, but JR explains it though, because he's like, he has the distinct advantage after suplex after the suplex from the top and he wants to punish mankind now. So I, I I get it. He could have won, but like he wants to kick the shit out of him. I'm kind of pissed that, uh, the, the triple H curtsy in the middle of the ring turned into the crotch chop, you know, as time evolved. (laughs) My but, my favorite part of of Foley during this entire match is just the way that he sells is on another level, and just the way he flops around the ring and just oh, everything yeah. is sold with mm-hmm. a intense believability that just I love about Foley in any capacity. But here he like you sense pieces of Cactus Jack, you sense pieces of Mankind in there, dude. Love, of course, we'll we'll get there, but like you feel everything little bit of Foley throughout this match. And I love this rivalry a hundred times. I love this rivalry, but um, seeing the start of it here, really, really amazing. Even uh, gives a little bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's amazing how good he looks. Um, you know, back in the day, you're like, oh, he thought he was bigger than, but now you're like, oh, he's like pretty slim back here. Oh, without a doubt. Right. There's, there's the spots where he basically, Triple H is bouncing his head off of the yeah. stage. And it is, it is really ugly. And those are like those shades of, of Mick Foley and Cactus Jack that the WWE crowd, I don't think is fully ready for. Um, and he talks about that in his book, how we're going to talk more about the, the, the door spot. Um, but apparently these spots where triple H is throwing him into the cage back and forth, it concussed him so bad that the pain wasn't even in his head. It was in his shoulder. Uh, wow. throughout it. Jeez. That's um, why they get rid of big blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because when you think about it, that's a lot, a lot thicker than a, uh, you know, chain link fence. We played football with a kid named big blue once. But that's for another day. That's for another day. The kid that got the mall rats handshake, right? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll move on. Did Did you guys you pick up on the crowd in this? There were like times early on where the crowd seems very disinterested in this match, and I kept wondering, like, was it because of the cage? Was it like distracting? And I'm trying to remember, like, watching the big blue cage in person at the Westchester County Center, yeah. and I don't remember it being like distracting. No, because there's so much action outside the ring too with China. So right. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their problem is. I agree. For the most part, they're like they go get real quiet at points during this this card. And this is a good match. 
Oh, without a doubt. You know what else is crazy? I thought of, um, I, I think they said on the broadcast, this is only the third. So this is the 10th SummerSlam, but this is only the third steel cage match at a SummerSlam. Yeah. First um, since Brett and Owen. And yeah, the first well, being the uh, warrior and rude. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so at one point we get Hunter climbing the cage and he continues to fight mankind off, but, uh, mankind just keeps getting saved over and over again um and at that point is when i realized that that cage is not very tall um but triple h goes to go off the ropes they may notice this and he hits his back on the cage anybody pick up on that there's one point he goes off the ropes and it's like he goes way too hard and slams his back up against the big blue cage (laughs) There are a couple of moments where that happens, but there was one that I think the one that you're talking about where uh, Triple H like stumbles because he doesn't yes. get the bounce off the rope like he wants to because he hits the cage. But yeah. you hear Mankind, yeah. he's Foley's a big dude and he's oh, going in doubt. full force into those ropes and definitely going up against the cage and it certainly doesn't give as expected or as what it would normally be. So uh, it was definitely a... An, interesting part of this match so on top of like i was talking about earlier with uh foley taking those bumps off the cage his head just bouncing off of the cage um the big spot is hunter's leg gets caught in the ropes opposite of the door and mankind starts to leave and this is when we get china run up to the door and slams mankind's head uh and then takes the ref out on the steel steps that that spot is really hard to watch. It's the most iconic part of the match, though, right? Like, that's out. the the door slam is what stands out the most to me. Aside yeah. from the very end, I apologize. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say. I think it's, I think it's more. Uh, <laughs> I think it's more iconic the the door closing on his head than the ending of this match. I love the ref getting tossed into the steps. Those old steps. Oh like yeah. yeah. He takes a hell of a bump because oh, yeah. not only does he hit the steel steps, but he also goes headfirst into the open door. So it. <laughs> It was it was a hell of a bump, and it looked like one of those like uh, ragdoll spots that you see from China over the years. This certainly fills that uh, fills that role. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's get to the finish. Um, we've got China. She climbs the cage. She throws the chair in, and Hunter goes for the pedigree on the chair. But mankind reverses it, slingshots Hunter into China, who has climbed up outside the cage. Um, at this point, China's out cold on the outside of the ring and Hunter's out cold in the middle of the ring. Mankind goes to climb the cage as the crowd starts to chant Superfly, Superfly, which is a pretty cool spot. Um, so Mankind has now climbed up to the top and then over and he's about to hit the bottom where he realizes I've got to go back up and he climbs back up. This is the other iconic moment from the match yeah. that Jim was talking about crowd is super hot at this point they've like if you remember uh, his home videos too yeah he's all yeah. about doing the super fly Jump, right. jumping off the uh roof of the, the house right. right and this well, goes back to them pumping like the dude love stuff down our the, throats yeah the legend is is that foley was there for the right. super fly yeah. spot like he was right. actually at msg for it and which is why he constantly spoke about it and it was in all of those dude love vignettes of him jumping yep. off the house and all that crazy stuff and that was at MSG, though. Correct. correct. I believe yeah, so. Correct. Yeah. So not, not Superfly yeah, was at MSG. Yeah. It's like, this, listen, this Mick, is we can't the... bring you back to the garden, but we can do Jersey. All we right. Swamp. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. can get you back to the Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, so Mankind, he gets up there 
into the corner and he takes his mask off, rips open his brown shirt, and he's got what is now a you know the heart is sweated off his yeah. chest at this point, yeah. um, and he drops that elbow off the top of the cage, and the crowd just goes absolutely bonkers. Um, after he hits that hunters out, mankind climbs the cage once again. This time China's awake. She gets in the ring, tries to pull Hunter out, and the timing is is damn near perfect, if you ask me. Um I love the race at the end. It's yeah, fun. it's it, mankind's going, mankind going. She's pulling him, she's at the door, and then mankind hits the bottom. Yeah, if you believe she's gonna get there, even yeah. you know what know what happens, you know. Mankind's your winner, and as I said earlier, his outro music plays the piano and so uh Bravo, man! He's he's laying outside the ring, and and Vince tells us that he's, he, you know, the dude love music hits, and then he starts tapping his foot, and Vince has to remind us once again uh, that that he's channeling his inner dude love. It's dude love, battered and bruised. It's dude love in mankind's clothing. He's a hurting puppy, and <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> Vince really pushing the dude love. It's ridiculous. Game. I love that Foley on his way out goes over and like attacks the dude love cosplay guy. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Attacks him, gives him this huge hug, but he's like running at him as he's doing it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's really something yeah. right next to Vladimir. Doesn't hold back, man. All right. So uh, cans in the cooler. Anybody want to go first out of five? I'm going to start us hot here, boys. I'm going four and a half on Whoa! this match. I I am feeling good right out the gate in SummerSlam. I am ready. I am here. I know I'm high on this one. Not like that. I am very (laughs) high on this match. Four and a half. This is starting this feud that is iconic to me. And you all know by now listening to me for 63 episodes that I I love these two and these two together. No, you know, uh, you are a little high for me, but I was going to go four. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, you know, my biggest concern in the beginning was like, wait, why is it? Why? Why is why, why is the crowd not into this? Um, and if they were into it in the beginning, I think it would have really elevated the two of them. But it's in my eyes, it's an iconic match that I remember um, so much detail from. Yeah. And I, I top, give it four out of five top notch storytelling throughout yes. the entire thing. Oh, these two are are great feud. Mike, uh, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah, I got. Uh, I was gonna give it a uh, three quarters in there. So three. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I guess That's Dolly three. likes it. Bonus yeah. stars. Bonus stars. Cans, cans. You better, you better <laughs> give it three stars. Uh, no, I give it three and three quarters because uh, I would have given it four, but the crowd not being super into it hurts a little bit. So uh, that's why I didn't give it four. Uh, if the crowd was like super into it, I would have given it four. So. Yep. Right, Jim, do you take it over before Dolly takes over? Yeah, no problem. So um, <laughs> Meltzer gave this match actually a five point seven five. Oh no, wait a second, hold on. That's what he gave. <laughs> he gave that a five point seven five. He gave that combined to the first five matches. He gave us a two point five actually. Yeah, Meltzer. Um, I, I I pulled the Meltzer ratings too, and I couldn't believe it. It made me want to go higher just because. Yeah, I, I'm, you know what? I love how this match is steeped in the old schoolness, right? You got the blue cage, yes. big blue. It's about to meet its replacement. Um, also, you got the old school SummerSlam logo. I think it's probably the last time the banners up top, right? Yeah. It's like the old, like the one you see on the, everyone's favorite T-shirts. Um, so it's got that going for it. I, I, I guess I have to come. I, four. I'll say a four. All right. All right. 
Here we go. Moving right along. So before we go on to the rest of this, what's in everybody's cooler? Jim's taking a big swig I'll, of beer. I'll go first, first since I went last. I've got a sloop this time. This is, uh, you know, you guys are right next to sloop, so you guys always get the good uh, stuff right out of the gate. But my local gas station always has sloops. So I'm like, I got to go for it tonight. So I have uh, Gentle Whispers, which is a New England IPA. And what do we got here? It is uh, a 6.2% with malted wheat, flaked wheat, citra, and and some stuff I you know HBC six thirty hops. It's... <laughs> Matt, we don't need you to explain. That. Yeah, That's you're gonna break it down. Says. Please don't. Nope, I'm good. I'm gonna go Mr. <laughs> Wizard on us, but it's yeah. it's uh... <laughs> Mr. Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely hops delicious. to a three sixty or a six thirty inside the a barrel, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It's got a really pleasing can. Yes, just Ed's... the uh, the leaves blowing in the wind. And one of it's their. Less colorful cans, but it, it works. is. I've never had this one. It's really good. Um, I'm going to piggyback on top of you because we've talked a lot about this, the 12 pack, the variety pack that Sloop has out now. Um, and I've had my hands on it for a while and I've been holding this one uh, specifically for tonight. It's the Citra Bomb. Uh, I believe someone's brought this. Matt, you've brought this before. Um, it, it's the uh, it, it's just it's great. Man, any sloop can do no wrong. <laughs> that, it's the I, New I mean, England IPA. Um, it just hits. It's got a little bit of flavor of the the New England flavor, but it's also got that citrus that I'm so used to mm-hmm. with sloop. That that orange juice, like yeah, your uh, like, like your my dad, dad says. says. That, that that single hop series is so good, and the I know we've been talking about it a lot, but uh, the citrus is my favorite. So cheers to that. Cheers to Sloop, and uh, I'm coming in with a Lawson's Little Sip. So they have their sip of sunshine. For me, this is the littler version of of the sip of sunshine called Little Sip. It is essentially their like session ale. It's not as big and powerful as your uh, your traditional sip of sunshine but it's actually still a 6.2 percenter so uh a good one anytime you can get your hands on lawson's i highly recommend it so oh yeah cheers and uh mikey work great what you got i'm a big fan of lawson's too uh i myself uh, i'm really needed uh brewski tonight so i went for the easy drinking uh heller high watermelon again Uh, nice doubling down from a few weeks back but uh you know i was in the mood for one and i Sometimes when you're in the mood for one, you know, you just got to have it. So, all right. You're doing it. Sounds good. Good, good uh, round of beverages. Tonight. You know what to do, and then you do Cheers. it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. The Extra Cooler Show is a proud member of the Pod Foundation. The Pod Foundation is a partnership between ourselves, the Chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Coming Down the Aisle. We are committed to bringing wrestling fans everywhere the best content possible and sharing our love for all things professional wrestling. Be sure to follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram and Twitter to interact with us and stay up to date on all of our shows. All right. If I was in the crowd and that Stridex blimp was flying towards me, I might have a damn near panic attack because that thing looks terrifying in that arena. And I always was concerned with how they have a blimp inside of a. There's not somebody in there, is it? 
it's it's an airship. First of all, it's the Stridex airship. Get it right or pay the price. <laughs> it's got some strings attached to the bottom. I mean, come on, look at this thing. But you know, I yeah, I really, I would be nervous if it was near me. Like I'd my greasy face would start breaking out. Like, <laughs> maybe the, maybe that's the idea. They've got like super soakers filled with yeah. Stridex. What is the what is the out. fluid in the Stridex? I don't, I don't know. A lot of rubbing That's alcohol. Straight up rubbing alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> Which all right. So Which before hazel? we get to our next match, right? We've got uh, a highlight, and we've got Pettengill, Todd Pettengill. Got a fun Todd Pettengill fact for you. Todd Pettengill at SummerSlam 1997 is 31 years old. No way. No way. (laughs) Yes. How crazy is that? This guy looks like he's 45 in 1997. (laughs) Shocking. All right. Speaking of 45. Everything from the 90s, man, looks like it's 10 years older than it it actually is. I don't know. I don't know what it is. We've got Pettengill out here in his, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not gonna hate on his like purplish love, suit. Love the, love the jacket. Uh, love I will the jacket. hate on the European collar. Um, yes, yes. With the it's little, like a, it's like a white European collar with a little, little diamond gem stud there. gem on it's there. Almost and, like a brooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's wearing like another black European collar underneath the white one. Yeah, it almost like. pre- priest-like, almost. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Todd Fenton goes out there, and he's here to introduce us to uh, Governor Christy Todd Whitman. Along with Gorilla Monsoon and the Headbangers, yeah. um, Chrissy Tax Crusher, wait a minute, yeah, tax <laughs> the crusher. crowd, the crowd goes <laughs> bonkers, and they boo, they boo this Ellen DeGeneres lookalike. See, I think uh, out of I think she looks more like the like a multiverse version of Todd Pettengill. Actually, you got Christy Todd Whitman. They look look <laughs> oh, like they they're related. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's I was really going to say good. more. She I, looks like Owen Hart and. Uh, and Ellen DeGeneres had well, a Well, she's dressed like William H. Macy on a dinosaur safari in Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> I, I sent you guys a video of uh, one of her press conferences where The Undertaker comes out with like a cardboard tombstone to <laughs> yes. present to her. Yeah, they show uh, that like the newspaper clipping from that. Um, so acting, acting, Gorilla, acting president Gorilla Monsoon uh, gives her the winged eagle which is actually the Undertaker's winged eagle that will later be oh, held she doesn't by get to Bret keep Hart. It. No, she doesn't. But she Vince, um, according to Bruce Prichard, Vince um, gifted her a women's title, like a custom women's title that he signned on the oh, back. Nice. He's like, oh, oh Wonder Blaze is using this. Um, so I thought I thought that was really the most interesting part, but the the crowd boos the shit out of her. Yeah, you know, it's something you never see today. Like they're not never going to bring a politician no, out on a no, show. Like not a good idea. <laughs> no, well, not a good idea. Guaranteed to uh, go sideways. It's a little different from what uh, the Bill Clinton they used and uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that at WrestleMania ten. They make a huge deal out of this being the first wrestling event yeah. in New Jersey since SummerSlam 1989, uh, and it, they they get really political here to the point where they're like bashing the the New Jersey government previous to um, the the tax crusher Miss Whitman yeah. herself, uh, and like they had to pay five percent of the gate and five percent of the pay per view re- uh, revenue just to like put on a show in in new jersey so they made a huge to do about it and uh they he really went in on something to wrestle with gave you additional details of why and how it all worked and why this was such a big deal but uh 
man, you're right. The politicians on my wrestling, uh, I'll, I'll yeah. pass. Thanks. Yep. So before we get to our next match, does anybody want to talk about Tiger Alley Singh with his dad in the crowd? No, no one does. Okay. No one does anybody want to talk about the beach party <laughs> in the Meadowlands side. parking yes, lot? Yes, of course. Okay. Got a beach party. <laughs> Got a beach party in the Meadowlands parking lot, including Honky Tonk Man, Sonny, uh, Shawn Michaels, Doc Hendricks, and then to me, still to this date, one of the most jarring things is seeing Legion of Doom without their face <laughs> yes. paint on. Yes. I, yes, I wrote that in my notes too. I it said it's unsettling. It's like <laughs> Warrior without the paint. Or yeah, it's I like see that, man. Did you ever watch Ninja Turtles and like they didn't have the headband things on? Yes. I'm like, <laughs> oh, put it back on. Like, gross. I, I, I always liken it to Homer Simpson without the beard. When yes. Homer shaves, it's off putting. I, and this was the same situation, but they had a huge inflatable undertaker. That yeah. was pretty cool. And uh, the highlight of that entire episode or that entire section of this uh, SummerSlam was the sunny is hot sign. Yeah. That was yeah. In the background. Yeah. Okay, I thought that was effective. Statement. Direct. Like Sean's being Sean there too. Yeah. yeah direct. Very direct. On top of a limo. Sunny is hot little, period. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Good, good point. <laughs> yeah. There is all know this. There's punctuation. You're right, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> to jump on your uh, uh, point about Homer Simpson with the back to the face paint, it's like, I think Nick brought this up recently. It's like my dad, when he shaved his mustache, yeah, like, yes. just like, <laughs> no, my niece said to me on vacation, she said, uh, I saw a picture of you before you had a beard. You should never do that again because, and I quote, your face is nasty. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm like, Thanks. I was born with that face or whatever. <laughs> but it's the same brutal that's ironically i got one of those at uh at work today i I actually traveled into a store and uh one of the guys that works there was like you know i i told matt to keep the beard (laughs) i was like oh okay i don't know which way i should be taking that but uh cool (laughs) i don't think my kid has ever seen me without a beard so pop it off and see see them see them uh you know like recoil in horror yeah, probably. All right, so the second match of the night is a singles match, and we've got Goldust with Marlena, and uh, he's facing off against the loose cannon, Brian Pillman. All right, so this feud's been ongoing for a while, and the stipulation is if if Pillman loses, he has to wear a dress that Marlena has picked out, but if Pillman wins, he gets Marlena. Mm, that's pretty... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Marlena or a dress. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. fair. Even, even. <laughs> so, you get my wife. Uh, do, I, I don't know if anybody noticed. It was like Marlena struggled to get down the aisle because her cigar wasn't lit. Uh, she like paused in the middle. Um, King Is that tells a metaphor? us. King tells us how he'd have no problem striking Marlena, which I thought was kind of interesting. I've never hit my mother, but I have no problem striking Marlena. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry's in a weird spot in this this time. He doesn't know where his uh, loyalties lie, and he's like saying weird things. And not that he doesn't often say weird right. things. But. I know I've said this a lot on my social media, um, but this era really makes me feel like we missed out on a lot of Brian Pillman stuff because two months after this event, he's no longer with us. It's crazy. Right. That's that's insane when you think about it. Um, because it's not they, exactly they, his his self in this match either like he's he's like got a lot of things going on got a mm-hmm. a lot of injuries that he's still yep. working on so but damn he looks cool 
Oh, yeah, he course. does look yeah. cool with the, the Monroe shirt. Yeah, the shirt. He's still the man, but yeah. yeah, he's not. He's like flexing on the fans on the 100%. way down, like you know, doing yeah. the. So there's the mannequin at the ringside with the dress on, and uh, I, I just like even the coolest part is, I don't know why I found this so interesting, but how much of Goldust makeup and his face paint rubs off on Pillman, right? Sure. Like right off After the bat, they kiss. It, yeah, no, even before no, that, before that, right in the beginning, like, of it and stuff. After they kiss, I don't know if you guys remember health class in 10th grade where they showed us this video, like, don't do drugs. And it was, like, people huffing silver spray yeah. paint from a paper bag, yeah. and they'd get it all over their face. Like. That's yeah. exactly what he looks like. Yeah. Looks like Charlie Day from uh, Always. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love the spots with Pillman chasing Marlena outside the ring and, and just, you know, gold bus clocks him. That's the best spot him. of the match. I think yeah. he flattens oh, yeah. him, right? Yeah. And the crazy part is is like this match if the two of them were at their peak let's say yeah. this match would be a banger i'm confident oh, big time. because the two of them can go um but it's you not know terrible another... it's just a match no yeah the other <laughs> two things um i thought it was really interesting how vince constantly was pointing out how Goldust used to be so bizarre and but now he's like you know what normal like you know like he used to be the most bizarre uh wrestler superstar whatever he kept saying yeah. over and over again yeah. throughout this match and even at one point uh i i think it's jr goes and, and drops a if you will and then it proceeds <laughs> from like them referencing how um who his his father is how his father's dusty Rhodes, which i thought was kind of interesting because at the time dusty's in wcw and he's on yeah. the commentary yeah um goldust looks gas throughout the match um let's should we just get to the ending yeah well, I mean, it looks gas throughout the entire match too just walking on the outside but yeah <laughs> i'm good to go straight to the end on this one i do like I, one quick thing there's a, a really noticeable uh sign a sign in the audience this one for like a tape trading company in the audience <laughs> which is like it feels like from another planet where like someone oh, brings yeah. a sign like trade me your tapes like your yeah. wrestling tapes <laughs> that's pretty awesome www.geocitieswrestling was... yeah it's like rf video or something yeah. like that <laughs> It was probably Sam Roberts, if I was to guess. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Another There's Westchester some. County boy. <laughs> There's one botch in the match where Pillman's up on the top rope, I think, and uh, Goldust yeah. goes to like toss him, and he's supposed to like get crotched on the breaker. ropes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get crotched on the ropes, but he like totally misjudges it, and like he lands over the ropes and like on his shoulder. Yeah. Why did Vince think that Pillman with the the makeup all over his face made him look like a baboon? <laughs> like, what what are you talking about, Vince? All right, the, so well, the one last thing I did I didn't realize before I was reading about this match that um uh Brian Pillman dated Terry Ronald. Yes, in oh WCW. I meant to bring that up. Yeah. Yes. In WCW. Oh, yeah, he used to date Ted, Terry Reynolds. Uh I, I skipped over that. Um, because they brought that up on something to wrestle with, how uh they Conrad wondered if Goldust was uncomfortable, and Goldust actually wrote in his book how he he was uncomfortable yeah. with the feud um, because of the past history. That the yeah, two it's messed had. up. That seems like a Vince thing. Like, let's see what happens. We right? could, like throw some bugs in a jar and see if they fight. You know, yeah. like like it's kind of messed up. I it really is. Vince. Um, all right. So to the ending. Right at this point, Goldust really looks 
completely shot. And he's outside the ring. He goes for a sunset flip and nearly breaks his neck. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. very sloppy. Another Pillman botch. goes to pull himself up out of the sunset flip. And Marlena, someone was smart enough to tell Marlena to to clock him with her purse. And Goldust rolls him up for the pin. It like uh, Pillman kind of like drags Goldust with his taint. Like to the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taint. Uh, I might be the first taint reference on the show. Yeah, I think we've sorry. gone Grundle before, but taint. Yeah, Grundle. Sorry, Grundle. You know, it was such a botched spot, but I was pretty impressed with how on the fly Marlena was to to hit him with the purse. I don't know who who called that spot, um, but it definitely made it look a little less ugly. But eesh. Ugly. I think it's funny. Marlena um, automatically like rolls the uh, mannequin into the ring with yes. the dress and like <laughs> immediately is like, here you go, Brian, deal with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Have at it, Hoss. Uh, all right. So cans in the cooler for our second match of the night. This one's a tough one because this could have been a four star, but in the end, man, maybe because I'm feeling nostalgic, I'll give it two and a half. I was yeah. going to do the same two and a half. I'll give it two cans. I mean, it's just not memorable. Yeah, whatsoever. It's, I remember it's, like looking forward minutes. to it too. I remember it's like, kind of yeah, got a lot of good it. psychology, so that's why I gave it like two and a half. Yeah, it's a rare Brian Pillman in the ring. Exactly. Uh, WWF. Match. Yeah, yeah. I'm going from the high man to the low man. I went one and a half on what? this one. What? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're all we're all in the same range. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just I think like Mike said there there's like that feeling of like how cool is it that brian pillman was in wwf and i'm trying to like cherish it and cherish yeah this guy was like so like i said this probably over a year and a half ago how goldust to me was like the start of the attitude era yeah but like without goldust without brian pillman and this loose cannon gimmick Mm -hmm. gimmick i don't know if we fully get get there stone cold i don't know i'm sure we do but i don't know it's valid. It's all valid. Key point. players to the Attitude Era. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. Melt- Meltzer gave it. Oh, right. Zero point five. Yeah. yeah. Screw it. Oh, he sucks. he hammered a lot of matches in this, this yeah. card. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But we went over how much he. Meltzer looks like a catcher's mitt. So. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Moving right along, they announced the attendance record of twenty thousand two hundred and thirteen. And we've got a tag team match. We've got the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk, facing off against the Godwins. They recap it by telling us uh, and showing us the highlights of the uh, Henry Godwin getting his neck broken by the Doomsday device. Um, so the Godwins are back. They've ditched their shirts and they're rocking just overalls. And dear God, their nipples must be chafing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the metal, uh, yeah, the right metal up against buckle. the nip. Like- I yeah, oh, I don't them up like the girls do. I don't know like how you guys feel. I don't. I like most people. I just don't personally like looking at people wearing overalls. You know, like. <laughs> but it was kind of funny that they're always wearing guest jeans overalls. Isn't it? Do you ever yeah, notice? Yeah. That? yeah, yeah. But they've Ooh, got they that are. Confederate flag out there yeah. with them and the Confederate flag on their knees. Yeah, they got Claudia Schiffer denim, but they got the the stars and bars <laughs> waving. Like I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody really have much to talk about with this match? Let's be honest. Like, if if Meltzer wants to give that last match a a dud or a zero, like I can't even imagine what he's going to rate this. Well, what do you think? Sorry, go go ahead, Jim. No, you go. You go. Oh, there was this one uh, botch where I think there's a a bear hug, 
double team by the Godwins. Like some one, I think Henry's got uh, one of them in a bear hug, and then the other uh, Godwin goes off the ropes and it's gonna like hit him, hit Hawk or whoever's in the bear hug, and just. Uh, I think Henry lets go of the bear hug, and it's just they all just go like separate ways. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was falling asleep during this match. I'm not <laughs> it, going to lie. It, I was like, "What just happened?" Like, <laughs> I was I, lost after the grown man in 1997 with the Hasbro's, the yeah. Legion of Doom Hasbro's. Like he like kept those around, and in 1997, was like I gotta bring these to the Meadowlands. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. From the guy just bought them off of eBay. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, I think they're within arm's reach of you right now. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you yes. pick them up, show them it to is, the camera. It is, the 20, that- it is 20... <laughs> it is 2022, and collecting figures is cool, even though I don't do it. There it is. There it is. He's showing them to the camera, folks. <laughs> Let my kids play with my Hasbros. I just thought... My- I- yeah, go ahead. My favorite part of this match, and actually the only part of this match, was a Jerry Lawler comment. Um, he goes, these fans here in New Jersey wish the Legion of Doom would sell those shoulder pads to the New York Jets. Probably the only way they would win a game this year. <laughs> oh, that's like a Jets nice went damn. nine and seven and finished third in the AFC East, but missed the playoffs. During that's the, the first uh, Parcells year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Jets what- suck. I do. First, I just, I think that I think, that's I think they didn't we can all agree on. They didn't push the Godwins hard enough. Like with the, these heel version of them with the Confederate flag and stuff. They they could have made yeah. them kind of monster heels. They're big and mean. They're always I sweating think, in their overalls already when they come down the aisle. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I hated them. I did not like them. But like no, they like you know, Deliverance theme that they yeah, had. like it's they they could have pushed that in the attitude. Come on, they era, just right? they just know. recently during this point in time just recently ditched poor old hillbilly jim yeah he was their manager um but but, yeah they're they're four really really big dudes Mm -hmm. right so like it just doesn't i don't know it doesn't lod feel uh, like in this match i feel like they're almost going the way of like bret hart where like people are about to turn on him which i I don't know if it does that happen it kind of does with new age outlaws right like yeah but they they still look cool feel like a big deal no no and and think about it the godwins you stand them in the middle of the ring like that feud that Legion of Doom had with the Nasty Boys, mm-hmm. right? Nasty Boys are big dudes, but they're not like towering over them. No. There's a spot in this match in the beginning where they show them, and and the Godwins are towering over well, big, Legion big, of Doom. They are big guys, yeah, no doubt. They're big boys. It just the whole match just does not work. No, yeah, no, it's yeah, it. But during the match, you do get um, you can tell it's like. You know, maybe a piss break match because Jr. starts selling the uh, the hotline, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. He's like Goldust and Marlena are on one line, and like, what the hell are they going to say that's worth what three ninety nine? Do you remember? I made four fifty an hour, like scrubbing burnt mozzarella from silverware back in this day, like (laughs) an hour, hour to hear what that. And Marlena puff on her cigar. Do you think it would be worth paying if they had like? Uh, Stu Hart, come on! Uh, like he's uh, oh, Stu's back here. He's like drinking the thirteen Saskatchewan Pilsners. It's like three ninety nine. Now that's a hotline. That's a hotline. I, I would that. pay the four ninety five. <laughs> All right, so the end. Stu Hart line. This match, <laughs> Elodie continually works on the neck of Henry Godwin. Uh, at the end, 
Legion of Doom goes to put Henry up for the Doomsday device. Phineas comes in with the save. Uh, eventually, Legion of Doom delivers a spike pile driver on Henry for the win. Uh, match just doesn't work, in my opinion. LOD, Hawk and Animal look great, like physically, but I, this match is, I could have no interest in it. Zero, oh, yeah. zero, zero chance. chance. Yeah, I, I, it's awful. You know why I think you give a zero chance there? Because <laughs> don't know what this match reminds of. It reminds me of Demolition versus the Powers of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> that at WrestleMania five that we made you watch a hundred times. Yes. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, this big, match is nine minutes and fifteen yeah. seconds. Like just I a bunch of struggling. It's four mattresses fighting each other in the ring. Without a doubt. Four, four mattresses. mattresses. I like that. I'll give it one star. Speaking one of... can in the cooler, I apologize. One mattress. Matt, if you give this a higher ranking than the previous match, we're gonna have problems. <laughs> I uh, uh -oh. <laughs> you've got problems. We've got I, problems. No, I gave it one can in the cooler. Meltzer also gave this match 0.5 cans in the cooler. <laughs> what a prick! But he's That's right. I'm going to give it 0. 0.5. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, there's been a Henry O'Godwin, Henry Godwin sighting on the WWE Network. If you guys didn't know, on that table uh, three. Yes, table the, five. BS, table of five. Yeah, because the BSK. <laughs> Has done a little uh, get together there. Oh, that's yes. cool. All right. We ready? Yeah. Because this is probably the highlight of the first half of SummerSlam oh, yeah. 1997. And uh, to be honest, this segment is so outrageous that it deserves a little bit of play by play. So Vince sends us over to footage of uh, Ryan and Patrick both being sent to New Jersey for the Discovery Zone $1 million giveaway. And uh, what they're going to have here is this 12-year-old kid and a fan who looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin on stage in their red Disco Discovery Zone shirts, right? And, like, the classic, like, Z-O on the top and the N-E. Like, if anybody watched wrestling during 1997, WWF in particular, they know exactly the, the logo that we're talking about. And they're on stage with a casket, some producer a 31-year-old Todd Pettengill, and Sonny and Sable. Sable, who, by the way, doesn't even hold a candle to Sonny in this no. moment. If you're Team Sable at this point and not Team Sonny, what's wrong with you? Who hurt yeah. you? It, Sonny, <laughs> Sonny is like – this is peak Sonny right now. Sable looks oh, like yeah. a pinup from like one of those even Harley Davidson magazines. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. Oh, that's a good call. Even Todd, really Todd Pettengill. Todd Pentengill can't even help himself. Wait, can we just be before we go any further, can we talk about the montage as, as the fans are yeah. the, getting flown in? The family, the Chadick family, is that their name? Or? Yeah, yes. Chadick. Chadick. Oh, okay. Chadick family. I apologize. What a family. Do you, did you, I have a question. Did you see the father? Did you see the father? Yes. Do you think those kids were conceived when the father stuck his Chadick through the pajama hole? <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm, if you smell what I'm cooking, I, I smell it. All right, so they're on stage. I'm going back to stage. They're on there, and they've got a WWF logo, and it has a hundred keys, numbered one through one hundred. <laughs> All right, so well, they're going better to than anything that happens in this whole it segment. Is. No, this segment's great. So, so they've got to, uh, 
A shout out to Andrew because he's been telling us about this segment as soon as he found out we were going to be covering it. Who um, you so, mean, Adam, Adam Rubin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a hundred keys, numbered one through a hundred. They're going to pick a number. They grab the key. They see if the key opens up the coffin. If it does, they win the million dollars. If it doesn't, they still walk away with a $5,000 savings bond. So savings they've got bond. it scheduled that they're going to have four people, right? Two people in person, two on the phone. What happens if the first person draws the right key? Like, where does this oh, whole man. segment go? Uh, first uh, of all. Better. It goes better yeah, than it, goes it better. actually went. <laughs> it goes much it, better. Yeah. It ends. <laughs> all right. So so we've got – we've already talked about uh, Ryan Chadick. And now we've got <laughs> also this Stone Cold Steve Austin lookalike. And Todd Pettengill basically calls him out right right off the bat. Like, he, this guy probably weighs a buck twenty-five. And he's like, he's, he says like, so did you come here just to, to be looking like Stone Cold Steve Austin? He's like, well, actually, I did it a few months ago. Like, you no, that doesn't make everything. you sound any better. <laughs> Do you, Nick, I had you it know before what I'm this event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard it before this event. Nick, he it looks was... like the uh, him to Stone Cold is like that, you know, in Harry Potter, the little baby Voldemort thing. Yeah, yeah. that's like this guy looks like like a sickly, yes. like the fetus. Cold. Yeah, fetus Stone the Cold. Fetus of Stone Cold. Yeah, oh, he creepily puts his arm around uh, Sonny too. Wait, oh, did, yeah. you, did you see when they they show his like? his local hometown newspaper the top the headline is wrestling fan losing sleepover contest and then like the next story below it under the fold says 15 killed in bombing (laughs) (laughs) wow this newspaper has priorities are like so why do you put that on there why can't you just crop that out like he was banking on winning the million so he took that story out in the paper paid for it to be at the top sorry go ahead so um before so it's really interesting so chadick and stone cold bizarro they pick their numbers first and i like it how king this is where king is great like the stone cold guy picks his number and picks number 13 stone cold calls him an idiot for picking number 13 um but before they can try their keys todd pettengill has to call two people from home and they're gonna pick a key and then sable and sunny are gonna do it for them so the producer hands Todd Pettengill a piece of paper and it's got about like 50 names on a like eight and a half by 11 inch sheet of paper. And <laughs> Pettengill is not only expected to call the phone number, he's expected to look at it while holding that and the microphone. So then eventually as he's dialing, Sonny holds the paper up to her breasts and uh, Pettengill's making perverted comments um, as he's dialing as slow as possible. So the first number he calls, no one picks up. The second number he calls is disconnected. Vince, Vince <laughs> at this point has to, be, has to be losing it. Vince, that noise. Vince laughs yeah. because he knows this is a hot mess. It's an uncomfortable laugh though. Oh, it really is. Um, then the third number they call, Michael picks up and admits Mike, this guy Michael picks up the phone and he admits to not watching SummerSlam at the moment. Crowd finally wakes up and goes nuts. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Um, and he says, first My cable all, company don't carry it. Michael's <laughs> mom picks up the phone first. Oh, yes. Yeah. And yes. Todd like answers, like, Hello, is Michael there? Like, doesn't like introduce yeah. anything. And He's then, like, Yes. 
<laughs> yes, one second. <laughs> Michael! <laughs> I know who is this. So then, so he picks the number 33. Sonny tries the key. It doesn't work. So they te- they just say, sorry, not you. Fourth number, Rebecca picks up and is excited. She picks the number 14. Sable uses the key. Doesn't work. And they remind her, though, that don't worry, you still get a $5,000 uh, savings bond. So then we've got one more number that uh, we tapped into and 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 they called. So um, producer Matt, can you can you get us on the line right now and dial for us? Let's do it. Now he must be must be stretching the anvil in the dungeon. Hello, Stu, Stu Hart. This is Todd Pettengill from WWF. We uh, yeah. through a hundred for the chance of winning a million dollars. Stu, what do you got? Yeah, did, were you were you wondering where the the rhino was at the, the SummerSlam? <laughs> eh? Yeah, where has the rhino been? Where, where you know he, he had to rest for the uh, UCW as per his contract. You see. Eh? Yeah, he was there with my boy uh, Bruce. You know, Bruce. I thought he was going to shave his goatee. Yeah, if you, wait, yes. lost. yeah, if he, yeah, but he was with the Bruce, the firefighter, and uh, uh, the Falcon Caparis, Luis Velasquez. <laughs> I believe uh, Marty Jannetty was there too. <laughs> Stu, yeah. would you like to pick a number? You know, my, that, that Marty Jannetty was a real funster, you know, in his day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's. Yeah, Stu uh, yeah, Ryan Chidick uh, would like uh, to know if you would like to pick a number. Uh, is uh, one number one? <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, sorry, number one doesn't pick. Thank you, Stu. Hey, all right, so back to the action. We got Ryan, Ryan Chidick turns that key, it doesn't work, but Sable, you know, buries his face in his bo- in her bosoms and uh. Bengal lets lets him know that this is going to be much more important uh, the, as time goes on. And the kid goes, like, <laughs> <laughs> you might not know it yet, but that's worth more than a million dollars. That kid knows. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, we've got Stone Cold Patrick Stevenson up and uh, his key doesn't work. And this segment is over and Norm, <laughs> Norm pulls the winning key. It's number three. And Norm, Stunny and Sable open up the casket. Norm. And it's over. Norm. What a debacle. Nine minutes and 50 seconds of this horror. You know Absolute what? Absolute horror. Sonny's there, though. Yeah. It is true. I, I couldn't help but saying, like, as a man approaching 40 years old, thinking of myself at, at, at this time, and even right now, I'm like, all right, Sonny's there. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah. They literally can you imagine if they did not have Sonny and oh, Sable a, on that stage a, with them? It's a p- nightmare. Vince would have been on that headset, like, send them out, send them out. Yeah. yeah. Something. Send out if, the executioner. Yeah, send if it was, the- uh, you know, like uh, later, they, Vince would have sent in the chicken, like a wrestling chicken yeah. or something. And my favorite is they open up the casket and they had to make that look like fancy. So they stacked up a bunch of dollar bills in yeah. there. <laughs> like, whoever thought putting a million dollars in a casket was going to be a problem. It's it had to have been all singles just to fill yeah, it up, to yeah. fill the whole thing to the top too. I want to, I want to, where are you now? See how these people spent their savings bonds, but you know what? So 
if I'm Vince McMahon, I give this zero cans in the cooler, but entertainment value, it is a good five cans in the cooler. Oh, it's a lot of swing. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. It's, it, it's a train wreck, and it's it's worth watching. That's why you watch it, yeah. Yeah. Five, five chidicks in the cooler, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we're in for a week worth of chidick jokes now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We Next up, we've got our last match that we are going to cover on this episode. We've got a singles match for the WWF European champion. And we've got the first ever European champion, the British Bulldog, facing off against Ken Shamrock. This is Shamrock's, like, pretty much his first big feud, correct? Like, who did he... I don't know who he feuded up against before Bulldog. That was memorable. Yeah, I guess not, because he next later well, he's going against The Rock and stuff, right? Well, WrestleMania 13 was just yes. a couple of months ago, which he was... The rest right, special guest. Oh, that's or, right. Okay, so yeah, he's brand new. Right, this is big, and his face looks like raw beef Alpo in that <laughs> pro- promo photo. I don't know what's up with that. Well, foreshadowing, maybe. Yeah. So this sure. match, uh, the deal with this match is the loser has to eat dog food, right? Yeah. Um, and we've got a recap of the two Bulldog and Shamrock with an arm wrestling match, and Bulldog gives him a cheap shot and. The weirdest thing before this match even starts is they're promoting one night only pay-per-view next month and they're promoting Bulldogs European Championship versus Shawn Michaels like which he's going to lose, right? Yeah, and it's like okay, so I guess Bulldogs going to win this match. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Cuz otherwise what would be the point in that? Um I don't know. Yeah, what it's unfortunate. Does, what what does the can of dog food say on it? Does it say O O B O? Yeah, that's it? I'm not quite sure. I've never seen dog food like that before. <laughs> it's definitely like a, it's an Alpo can that they've changed to yeah. not have to pay Alpo. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. It's yeah. like yellow tape with like black like totally. tick text on it. Yep, um, Alpo son. <laughs> Ken Shamrock's music is top ten. Attitude Era theme song. It's a good one. It it it's awesome. But he's pissed. It. He's humiliated. And uh, observation from the aesthetic point of view, Ken Shamrock, I think, is the first guy in WWF WWE to rock the kick pads on his like boots. I don't remember ever seeing that until Ken Shamrock came around. You're right. Um, I feel like it's on everyone now. Oh, without a doubt. Because they all wear sneakers underneath it. Um, yeah. Now, make look I like think boots. it's it's probably because of his background, though, right? It would have has to be. maybe. Yes. We, yeah. So we've got the dog food uh, can, um, and the thing that I find interesting is: Do you think, uh, like Bruce Prichard or someone, uh, had like a, a an intern grab like an ice scooper because it's that's what's inside of the dog food can is like an ice scooper from a hotel, <laughs> uh, yeah, buried in there at at ringside. Um, Sounds like it could be true. So <laughs> this match is pretty pretty hard hitting. Like it it's very surprising. It goes seven and a half minutes. Um, there's a lot of spots inside and outside of the ring. Uh, to me, the real highlight is towards the end when uh, Bulldog slaps Shamrock with the can of dog food and Shamrock completely snaps and loses it, slamming Bulldog on the back of the head with the, with the can of dog food. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and then at that point, the match is over and, and 
the yeah. bell goes bonkers. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, ding, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Patterson uh, for the ride. Briscoe yeah. for the ride. Shamrock DQ'd. We get, we get them back in the ring. Shamrock chokes out Bulldog and uh, is not letting go. And you've got five refs in there who can't help. And he he's giving them belly-to-belly suplexes. Uh, it's just, it's weird. It, the whole thing is weird. And for me, the the most interesting thing, and I'm sorry, I don't have much to talk about with this match. Does anybody? No. The crowd no. is eating this up, though. This uh, Cash Shamrock's going nuts. I was going to say the same thing. When he snaps, the crowd goes absolutely bonkers. It was fun to watch him, you know, take care of the Stooges and all of the the WWF officials that come to but, the ring. But, but aside from that. Here's a trend throughout the night that I I have a problem with and I don't understand it. And right here is it. Where the hell is the Heart Foundation? Bulldog is in the middle of the ring. He's getting mm. absolutely choked out. He's like purple in the face. But nobody from the Heart Foundation is going to come out. I understand Owen and Brett haven't had matches, but this is where like Anvil would have played a role. Yeah. Right? Have Anvil come out there and get a belly sure. belly suplex or an ankle lock. Uh have Pillman come back out. I don't know. Well, Anvil's not even there, like Stu no. told you. And the, yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> Stu you know, told you. <laughs> from from what I read, um, I don't know, like in my memory, the Heart Foundation was like this solid group that was always around. But apparently, like if you read back about it, like they were like kind of like come here and there together. Like obviously, this card is like it's right after Canadian Stampede. It's like when they're all united. But like they, it wasn't like as NWO as you remember, like in your right. mind. You know right. what I mean? No. Like you remember yeah. it like that. Like agreed. They weren't quite like that. So uh, some, <laughs> I watched this pay per view in bits and pieces and one night my wife who is not a wrestling fan said she was going to go to bed so i was like do you mind if i put something on so i put it on and i put on the dog food match (laughs) i put on the dog food match that's where i picked up literally right at the start of it first of all uh she 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 wanted to make sure that i pointed out at the end of the match after taking a belly-to-belly suplex that the gentleman in pink pants picks what is the biggest wedgie uh. And it is Pat Patterson, <laughs> and the camera is shining on his ass, and he digs his fingers in and picks what is the biggest wedgie I've ever seen. Um, so, Mrs. Extra Cooler, I talked about you on the podcast that you will never listen to. Now, um, I brought this up. Now, do you see the man in the the, the red blazer there at the end? That's uh, Jack's brother, Mac Tunney. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, there's definitely a lot of people hanging out with Ahmed Johnson during this uh, yes. during this time. Oh, so because many. Ken Shamrock has his entire yep. ass cheek hanging out a la, oh, yeah. <laughs> a la, oh, yeah. a la uh, Ahmed Johnson. I have the I have the pay-per-view on in the background and yep. just so happened to witness the ass picking. <laughs> He's taking the pro right river plunge. It's it's not just you know you pull the side and pull it out. No, the fingers went yeah. in the in the yep. crack right there. It was it was a good one. Sometimes good, that's uh, what you got to do. Good eyes, <laughs> All right. Mrs. Cooler. All right, those, there, Miguel. Those underwears uh, might have been really under, but it's crazy like how over Shamrock is here. Yeah. You, have you read like I read um I, I think it's Jr. that talks about this about how high Shamrock could, like could have risen. Let me yes. read you this. Let me read you this thing. It goes. Let me tell you, he was very, very close to becoming a megastar in WWF. Very close. 
close, in my opinion, of getting over in a big way. I'm talking about being atop the card at WrestleManias or whatever. People believed in him as they should have because he was damn sure real. He wasn't playing the character of someone with a fictitious name they couldn't believe in. He knew what he could do, and everything he did was so damn smooth and realistic. So he was that close, that close to becoming a major star. And losing him to go back to MMA hurt us. It wasn't a good thing because we put a lot of money into him, a lot of time. And Jared talks about how like, he missed yeah. a couple of like Saturday shows here and there, and they had to suspend them. It was always like that kind of thing. Like, yep. Like I, now that you read that, that's from Jr.'s book. Is that what it is? But, yeah, I'm almost positive because I read that uh, probably about two years ago. And okay, I can remember reading this the same exact thing where how he could have went over, man. Yeah, because he gets title shots right like here. He he loses yeah. to the Rock. He gets a title shot at a championship shot at uh, Michaels at like D to generate. Yeah, next and he has that big like intercontinental title run. Yeah, yes, he does. As a heel, even tag right? team we, title run, we and went to the, the King Raw of the Ring. He won the, the intercontinental tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, went so to he, that was, Raw. he was always right there. Yeah, probably a little uh, few screws loose. Yeah, um, he, up there. He for looks like Kenny. a million bucks here, though. Like he, looks he does. Huge. Minus his face. That looks yeah, like he looks a little. He little looks like he was swollen. a UFC fighter. First ever TNA champion. Oh, all well, right. Cans and cooler work. for that match. Before we say goodnight. No, Captain Lou. Captain, Captain Lou. They showed is, Captain Lou during the LOD match. He's there the what? entire night. Yeah. Yeah. Like even my wife not, noticed him because he's like he's got you know those ties to Westchester County and and she knows who Captain Lou is. She actually asked me. She's like, do you think people outside of Westchester know? Like non wrestling fans know who Captain Lou is. Well, I know who Captain Lou is. Yeah. Man, I, I gotta get some rubber bands for my beard. That's nice. Oh, I feel yeah. like I can get some. Here's one right on your cheek, like you used to have. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I can get some. It's long enough. All right. Yeah. Jim and I. Uh, are Someone want to give cans in the cooler to this match as you two are playing I, with your facial hair? That I, I'm, I'm sticking with my one and a half here. I, I was not, uh, I was not thrilled with the bizarre one, and I'm not talking about <laughs> gold dust. You know what? I feel like me and Nat or Matt are never on the same page. I'm going to give uh, 1.5 as well because this was like just <laughs> one of the least memorable matches. Yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of fun when he freaks out at the end. I don't know. Yeah, the end one can for me. Yeah, one, one wow. here too. Wow, Meltzer, one point seven five. Oh, Meltzer, Meltzer beat us. A high ground. Yeah, yeah Meltzer. That's awesome. rare. Ding, All ding, right, ding, so ding, ding, uh, the the fun is yet to come. Uh, we've got some good stuff to cover. So uh, next week we'll be covering part two of SummerSlam nineteen ninety seven. Uh, this that's the conclusion of our summer spectacular. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Extra Cooler on Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. Follow these guys on social media also. Don't forget to follow and check out the Pod Foundation on social media at Pod Foundation, Chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, Coming Down the Aisle. Uh, while you're at it, join in the Discord. Let's talk SummerSlam 1997 and uh, Bash at the Beach 1997. Um, see you guys next week. See you then. See you. A chance to win a million dollars. Nobody's home. What? Look at Pettengill. Is your phone ringing right now? Pick it up because we're calling you. Going to give you one more ring. Nobody home. Nobody home. Nobody home. They just lost a chance at a million dollars. All right, we're going to go to the next name on the list. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> 
Right, so, uh, right, so, uh, what's, so uh, what's in the cooler? Oh, <laughs> just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, the rhino's on ya. Extra credit. Sports, 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 sports side heater. Extra credit. Nasty, nasty, nasty.